Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Hello and welcome to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Emmanuel Pankless and joining me as always, Michael Corbin. Emmanuel, it's here. It's finals time. We got rid of a dead weight. Don't have to talk about the dragons anymore or the tigers ah. or, the, or the sharks or the cowboys oh, or the broncos and all those other teams, the bulldogs who got their third win of the season yesterday, uh, two days ago. We don't have to talk about them anymore. Until one of their coaches gets sacked, which, who knows, could be tomorrow. And if that's oh, the case, gosh. we'll talk about it next week. But it's finals time, Emmanuel. Aren't you excited? I am. I am. And Mike, can I just say, um, last week's episode, I think you and I both really enjoyed uh, yes. recording it, the fallout from the week before game. I had a lot of incredible feedback on this podcast, um, about this podcast. So um, I'm just going to read out some of these now. So... Uh, one of them was a um, via telephone call. I was I was on the phone to someone about something, and they said, "I've just been listening to your podcast, and wow, the tension between you and Corbin right now. You can feel the emotions. You can feel the passion. You guys must have loved this." Then uh, someone else uh, emailed me and said, "Oh my God, you and Corbin, this is entertainment." Uh, but then I got this one from a member of our um, a member of our tipping comp, Mike. Yes. Um, and this was a this was a, an email that came through, um, and with the subject, "How not good is Michael Corbin?" Wow. Uh, and it says, "Hi, Emmanuel. Um, did a Dragons fan steal Michael's lunch money when he was a kid?" I retract <laughs> all. <laughs> I retract all I ever said about the Roosters being an impressive club, <laughs> and then I said. I said to this person, this is a fantastic email. Um, and I, I just, you know, confirmed all his thoughts. And I said, yes, he is unbearable, like all Roosters fans. Um, and then, um, yeah, so that, that was the feedback I got. Um, and that was just, you know, some, some thoughts across everyone's mind. I think everyone loved it. Everyone felt the passion. Uh, everyone knows that um, we absolutely love our football teams and how much we love that rivalry. Uh, and it's so great to see that it's continuing this week because um, they're still talking about Luttrell and Souths and the Roosters have been separated on their flights to... Yes. Uh, look, uh, first of all, Noah Dragons uh, fan did not steal my lunch money as a kid. I have just been raised to hate the Dragons and it's one thing that has carried over from my father. Um, I, I can't explain it. I just... I. <laughs> <laughs> they have a team I hate the most. It's not Souths, it's the Dragons. Um, and any chance I get to bag them, I will. But yeah, thank guys. Thanks for the feedback. Really appreciate it. Uh, we do love our teams and always great to hear what people think of how we're going. Yeah, and look, Souths and Dragons are on, uh, Souths and Roosters, they're on opposite sides of the table at the moment. The only place they can meet Emmanuel is the grand final. I don't like our chances of that happening, but it'd be very nice to see. Uh, so, 
Let's get straight into our top four this week. And this week, it's a bit different. We're doing top four things that we would like to see changed in the NRL going forward. So I'm going to let you go first, Emmanuel. What is your number one thing that you would like to see the NRL change? Okay. So my top two things I feel are actually intertwined. So one thing I think really needs to change is the structure of the NRL draw. Uh, I think I think it's hugely imbalanced and hugely problematic. Um, and I think case in point is actually in this year's top four. So Manly have finished in fourth spot, um, but they've only played seven. They've only played the other top six teams seven times. Okay, and most of those were early in the season. They played the Storm in the last couple of rounds, but they they played um, Souths, uh, they played Manly, and they played Penrith in the first four weeks of the competition. Sorry, they played Souths, Roosters, Roosters and Penrith in the first four weeks of the competition while Tom Travojevic was out. They played seven times, and so they, they've managed to sneak into fourth spot, whereas the Roosters uh, played the other top five teams nine times. Yes. Uh, so only played, only played Manly once, uh, and Parramatta have played all the other teams uh, 10 times and have finished in six. Um, I'd, I'd like to see a bit more balance in how the, the draw is done. There is no perfect way to do it, I think, for so long as we are limited. Uh, we, we have this promise to the broadcasters that we need to have X weeks of competition. Um, everyone plays each other once, and then it's sort of like the big clubs always seem to play each other because Souths and the Roosters, they're the big rivalry. They need to play each other. Then Souths and Broncos, they're high-rating clubs. Then Souths and Melbourne, high-rating clubs. Parramatta and um, Parramatta and Souths, big support bases. And so all the minor clubs that don't seem to do as well each year are, seem to be the ones that get the favourable run. Um, and so this, the, the, my solution to this is actually in my option number two. So sorry if I'm jumping the gun, Mike, but I think the solution to this is to bring in... Um, is to make an 18-team, everyone plays once competition, uh, I think is the solution to that. And so if I was running the NRL right now, I'd actually bring in two new Queensland teams as part of the um, current negotiations. They're currently um, negotiating with three entities. I'd bring in two new teams into Queensland. I'd bring one in in Brisbane, and then I'd also bring in um, the, the Redcliffe Dolphins uh, entity um, in some form as well, and, and I'd have two teams there. So you then have five teams operating out of Queensland. And I think that is an overnight way for for Sydney clubs to sort of improve how they operate, Um, that there's pressure there. uh, And people say it's a dilution of talent. No, it's an obligation on every club to sort your shit out. Uh, I like your idea of fixing the draw. Um, I agree with most things that you say. I would not put a a fifth team in Brisbane. I would put that team either in New Zealand or in Perth. This is a national competition and the majority, actually all the games are played on the East Coast. We need a presence out West, whether it's Perth or Adelaide. Uh, I, I know that you know Queensland is the heartland of rugby league, but they have three struggling teams at the moment. Put a team out, put a team somewhere where this game can branch out a bit further. But I do like what you said. My top one, Emmanuel, and I, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, the NRL needs to fix their transfer window. 
and not let players sign with clubs a year before they exit another club. Uh, we've spoke about this at length. If you want to go listen, it's about two, three podcasts back. That is my number one issue with rugby league at the moment is the transfer window because it just creates too much chaos and drama mid-season when you've got all these players who are trying to re-sign contracts for two years down the track. And it, it, it frustrates me. And then you've got players like Adam Reynolds who uh, is finishing up his illustrious career with the, with the Rabbitohs. But midway through the season, there was this whole saga about him not getting the money he deserved from the from the Bron- from the Rabbitohs and not being able to find a deal for the Rabbitohs. And it, it was just unnecessary drama that doesn't need to happen. So that is the number one thing I think the NRL need to fix. My number two, Emmanuel, is let's get rid of the seven tackle set for kicks that yes. go dead inside the opposition 50 metres. I understand it if you're kicking dead from inside your own half. That was why the rule was brought in to stop, you know, to neutralise someone like Billy Slater, right? That's why it was brought in. But grubber kicks that are five metres from the in goal and then they they roll dead or they take an unlucky bounce, go dead, or like high kicks that are put up. So the other day, a bomb was put up from the 20-metre line. I think it was from... Might have been from the Roosters. I can't remember who did it. And the ball bounced and it was, the fullback just pulled his arms away and he got a fortuitous bounce and the ball went dead. That should not be a penalty for the Roosters for a, for a Canberra player or whoever it was. I can't, I can't quite remember the game, but for whoever it was for not trying to attack that ball and letting it bounce. So that is that is the second rule. I, the second thing I would like to see changed in the NRL. No, let's let's just get rid of it, Michael. Let's get rid of it. It's it's pointless. It is a stupid rule because do you know what happens now? You can get a seven tackle set. You take your first tap, okay, you run 10 metres and get tackled, and that's tackle zero, right? If you then get a six again, you lose a tackle. It's a stupid rule. It's, it's a dumb rule. It's, it just doesn't need to be there now. We've had this discussion before in a, in a podcast episode and we spoke about the, the grubber when we were about, when we were younger and, and probably around the time the Roosters were winning, uh, we're in those grand finals in the early 2000s, that the grubber in, the, in Andrew John's era was probably the most dynamic feature of a game. And now that, that seems to have been taken away partly because clubs are reluctant to do it and also because um, clubs defend it so much better. But I think if you got rid of the, if you got rid of the seven tackle set, there'd be more desire there. And I actually think it would also, given how dynamic players are these days in, in trialing out new new um, features of the game, if you got rid of the seven tackle set and pulled it back to six tackles, you'd see more teams going for the optional restart. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I, uh, one thing that I saw out of Ryan Pappenhausen, I think it was... Might have been against Parramatta, and I, I love seeing it, and it's not something that you see very often, was uh, the 20-metre tap and kicking it, trying to kick it dead, uh, which gives the team uh, who kicks the ball the ball back. Uh, something that players don't normally do. Probably a lot of players don't even know that rule. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what's your third one, Emmanuel? Okay. Um, smaller pet peeve, but... Something I don't really think is necessary in the game is golden point. Uh, I just I don't like it as a concept. Um, I, I I just think that 
and I was actually thinking about this this morning, and I, I was looking at this year as an example. Do you know how many Golden Point games there were this year, Mike? There wouldn't have been too many. I'd say two or three. Yeah, it was two. Yeah. So um, I went to have this huge rant, and then I thought I'd be labelled a hypocrite because one of them was when South beat the Tigers, uh, <laughs> and then there was there was the other one where St George beat the Warriors on the bell. And I had a look, and I thought, if all those teams drew, how would the latter look? And the difference in the latter would be exactly the same. So Warriors, um, Warriors, the Dragons, and the Tigers would have all finished in the same spot, and Souths would have finished in the same spot as well. And I was kind of like, I enjoy the entertainment side of it. I just don't think it's necessary. I like the concept of the one point. It, it varies the latter. It makes it different. It means that sometimes you can get away with a couple of draws and still sneak in or, or that extra point difference may, rather than losing in golden point, you might be able to sneak into the finals. I think it's just, it's one of those things that we've had it for, for long enough now. It probably hasn't come up as much this year because there've been so many blowout scores, but I, I would rather see extra time or I would just rather not see it at all during club games. How would you do extra time, an extra an extra 10 minutes and then if that extra 10 minutes happen, uh, isn't that what it is now? Extra time? No, if, I, well, I would do, instead of, I would do five minutes each way, like the yeah. point is, yeah. And but in, but you play out the five minutes each way. Okay. So similar, and to, then if there's, similar to how football does it, basically. Exactly, Soccer. exactly. Yeah. I just... Yeah, it's one of those things I'm kind it. of like, I don't mind I've that. had a look and yeah, and I, I'm just something after all this time, it's like, you know, I, I understand that a team can make all the effort to come back and they'll have the momentum. But at the same time, if a team has set up the lead and they were up 18-4 and suddenly it's 18 all after 80 minutes, okay, and then because momentum is with the other team, it becomes 19-18 in the 81st minute. Should the team win the game for that? I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm a bit of a purist, Mike. Uh, just speaking on a bit of a diversion here, I don't know if you saw James Maloney the other day uh, yes. for Catalans. Incredible. Uh, for those who didn't see it, uh, Catalans were down to St. Helens. I believe it was 30 to 12 with four minutes left. And St. Catalans scored three tries in a row uh, in four minutes and then kicked the field goal to win the game. And it was James Maloney. Uh, just incredible stuff. Um, and it was all in regulation, I believe. I don't think it was extra time. Uh, I think the field goal was. Oh, well, there you go. But yeah, just incredible, yeah. incredible but stuff. Ex- yeah, extraordinary. Win. He is a, he is a genuine freak. He yes. is an incredible it was, player. It was incredible um, to watch. Uh, okay. Absolutely amazing. So my third one, Emmanuel. Uh, we need to fix the scrums. I don't know how they fix it. They need to do something. The, the hot mic the other day caught the referee in the... Warriors in the Warriors <laughs> Titans game saying just make it look like a scrum. Yeah. <laughs> just yes. make it look like a scrum. I don't know how they fix it. Something needs to happen. Either get rid of it or fix it completely because it's a joke at the moment. Uh, I, that made me laugh a lot. Uh, I don't think yeah. I've laughed more at what a referee has said on the fit on the pitch before. And that was one of the best. Very honest uh, from, I believe, oh, who was it? I can't even remember the ref, uh, but it was hilarious. Uh, Mike, I'll tell you how you fix it. You, you make them contested. <laughs> yeah. they, no, no, seriously, they I, get yeah. fixed. As, as soon as they're competitive, they get fixed. No one will take the piss out of the scrum if it's a live option 
that at any point in time either team can win it. Yeah. If you yeah. make it, if yeah. you make it, it's rolled into the middle, uh, and and they fight for it. That's that fixes it easily. That's all you need to do. Yeah, it it will cause. Uh, I think the issue there is there's concerns for injuries uh, because players haven't done it. It's it's foreign to them. Uh, you're teaching them a new skill that can be quite. Scrubs aren't the the safest place to be, especially when you get caught in the bottom. So, but look, they work in union to a degree, um, but they're a very different scrub in union. Uh, okay, Emmanuel, last one. What have you got? Okay, so this you kind of touched on this before, but there there is a not a lot uh, of uh, recognition of loyalty in rugby league. And as I understand it, in the previous uh, salary cap structure under the collective bargaining arrangement, so this is going from 2013 to 2017, there was a little bit of uh, space in the cap for um, clubs who had long-serving players to just sort of be taken into account. So I think it was like up to $100,000 for every player, for the collective players. If they'd played at the club for seven years or more, then $100,000 worth wasn't counted in the cap. Now, I'd like to see that expanded basically because of the Adam Reynolds thing, Mike. And, and I think the, the Roosters are a club which has had a lot of long-serving players. Um, and one example, I guess, that's leaving at the end of the season for you guys would probably be Isaac Liu. Yep. Um, and, and I think this, this is one of those points that really sort of incentivizes a club developing its own and keeping them. And um, for Souths, I think Adam Reynolds is in his 10th season at the club and Souths offer $800,000 a year. The Broncos offer the same amount, but for a shorter period of time. And I feel like if Souths, who, who you know, had him in the under 20s, played in a grand final, he won a grand final in first grade. If Souths had some sort of like bargaining chip as the club that, that's had him that whole time and is able to, to, to offer him something and it not be counted in the salary cap, partly because he has played at the club for so long, he's broken records and everything, then we wouldn't be talking about Adam Reynolds playing his final couple of games for Souths over the next month. Yeah. There's a, there's and a I, similar, I think yeah. the NRL the NRL needs to do, needs to be better about this because I just feel like that there's not a lot of clarity around um, around how the salary cap works. I, like really, no one has any idea how the salary cap works. No, we know uh, what the number is and that's it. Yeah, look, uh, there's the NBA has a, a, a system that I really I really like where if a player has played for a club for for three years, they can go into a luxury tax and pay a player uh, in that in that tax. And what happens is, if you're over that tax, uh, then you pay you pay the league money, and that that money gets distributed back to the other clubs who don't pay that tax. Right. So, say Souths have a lot of long-serving members, they uh, a long-serving team uh, players. They can sign these players under this luxury tax. Their tax bill will be high. They pay a stipend to the NRL, and that gets distributed around all the other teams who don't pay the tax. This is going to help teams like Souths, like Broncos, who try and keep their juniors and who have a good junior system, similar to Penrith, who are going to lose some juniors over the next few years because of the amount that they've pulled in. I think it's a, it, it's something that needs to be explored uh, yeah, I agree. You, you don't want to lose these players that you've bred, your you, your own club has bred to a team because they're able to offer a little bit more money 
because, you know, your team has had success and they haven't and they've cleared out their cap. It's it's unfortunate and I, I agree it needs to be changed. It was actually my fourth thing as well. So we overlap here. Oh, really? Yes. There we go. Yes. Because, uh, you know, look, it, it, it's very difficult, especially teams who win the premiership, it's very difficult to bring back the same team again because they the moment you win a premiership, all your players are a little bit more expensive and it makes it that much harder to re-sign them. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, you, should, you shouldn't be punished for winning, uh, winning the competition by, your, by other people pillaging your roster. Yep, I'm with you. All right, that's our top four. Uh, we'll do something similar next week, probably. Uh, not so much, you know, position ranking. We're going to expand it a bit more, make it a bit different. Uh, but we'll leave it at that, Emmanuel. We have to talk about our tipping competition. And uh, as I said last week, uh, for all intents and purposes, the tipping competition is over. The results are final and we have a winner. We do. We have a winner. He has been in incredible form. Uh, He's been leading most of the season, uh, probably because he doesn't tip St. George, his beloved club, every week. Uh, (laughs) Nick Centurists is the man I'm talking about, uh, finished the round with a six out of eight on 156 points. Absolutely wonderful run. Um, He was followed by the the man of the hour right opposite me, Michael Corbin, uh, who tipped the round in the final round, um, which included backing the Bulldogs against the Tigers. So Mike finished in in outright second uh, on 151 followed by uh, Anthony Pankless, who got seven out of eight in the last round, that final game of the season. But, Michael, you criticised saying, why is that the game? It's so irrelevant. No, it determines the tipping competition. So <laughs> uh, don't look, you criticise that. Look, look, for everyone who tipped the Tigers, you're stupid. We all knew the Dogs were going to win that game. Come on, from the opening whistle, the Dogs were going to be the better team. Up the Doggies. Can't believe I'm saying that this year. I don't think I've tipped them all year, and then I tipped them in the final round, and it pays off. I'm so happy. I was watching that game, and I saw like I I I, I saw twelve nil. I'm like, Jesus, here we go. I've got this. Uh, so yeah, well done, <laughs> well done to the dogs. Uh, absolute destruction of the Tigers, thirty eight nil. Their biggest victory of the year, and the biggest victory by a team coming last over another team ever. Which is is that right? Oh, yeah, that so is we're, amazing. Was, look, we're going to talk about the Tigers at some point in the next couple of weeks because I'm sure that something will happen uh, within their club, uh, and we'll get into that, you know, as as news breaks. But yeah, uh, very happy to tip the round. I saved my best till last. Um, but let's go through you the did. rest. Let's let's go yeah, through the so, rest. Ten. So um, as I said, Anthony Penclos, like South, finished in third place. Um, Michael J, MJ, well done on uh, coming fourth. Camilla is very happy. I've heard this firsthand. She's very happy about finishing in fifth spot. Very impressive performance. Uh, it's laid a good base for her Craig Fitzgibbon-led side next year. Um, Zach B in sixth. Paul S, um, Newcastle fan, they finished in the same spot on seventh and uh, probably on the way down. Uh, and then uh, in eighth spot, <laughs> eighth spot, Mark V, uh, well done to him, consistently up there all year. Alex B, our good friend, uh, ended up in ninth, uh, had a bit of a fall a few weeks ago and never really recovered from it. And Aleni B, 
uh, Rooster sneaks in to the top 10. Uh, and we don't have to go through where everyone else finished. It's not necessary but, uh, at this uh, yeah, point. No, there, there is one person I do want to find out where they finished, Emmanuel, and that is you. Where did you end up with the tipping competition? Uh, I don't know because I only screenshot of the top 10, so please tell me. <laughs> Hold up. I'm bringing it up right now just to make sure. Uh, where are you? You are all the way down here. Jeez. It's a, far, it's a far way to scroll. All the way in 14th manual on 140 points. There you go. Not good. Not tough good. year. No, tough next, year. It, it was a very tough year. I will have to <laughs> come back bigger and better next year. Uh, yeah. The other thing we posted this week was uh, our predictions from the start of the season for the yep. ladder uh, and how we went. And there were some interesting stats coming out of that. So Michael ended up picking seven of the top eight teams uh, and I picked six. I uh, remember our deliberations from that first episode about whether the Warriors or the Gold Coast uh, would be the ones to sneak in uh, and it ended up being the Gold Coast. So well done there, Michael. Um, I correctly correctly picked fifth and sixth spot. Uh, we both thought the Bulldogs would improve and they didn't. We both picked Manly to, to finish outside the eight and we were wrong. Um, we both thought that Newcastle would just scrape into the eight and they kind of did with their disgusting for and against, absolutely woeful. Um, then just everything else, St. George, we predicted uh, would struggle. Uh, Canberra, we had high hopes for and they didn't eventuate. Uh, and we had Cronulla to finish outside the eight and we were correct on that count. So uh, pretty decent results for us. Yeah, seven of eight. I'm pretty happy with the, the toss to coin for Titans Warriors. Uh, Warriors just had a, a tough year again, COVID kind of forced them to shake things up a bit and the loss of two of us, Sheck, uh, late in the season uh, didn't help them. Uh, yeah, look, we kind of figured, and I, I think what is a bit, uh, what I'm most disappointed in was my grand final prediction, which was Souths versus the Raiders with Souths winning. Uh, look, Souths still are a chance. Raiders obviously are not but it looks likely that it's going to be Penrith versus Storm. We'll see how that uh, breaks down over the next couple of weeks. But you mentioned the Knights, uh, a point differential of, I think it's minus 150 at the moment, Yeah, which is atrocious for a team coming seventh. I don't know what's worse, Emmanuel. And you asked me this question, what's worse, uh, them finishing with a point differential of minus 150 or the Titans finishing with a record of 10 and 14 only winning around 40% of their matches. Both teams absolutely struggled. And it just shows how strong the top six were this year. Yeah. Uh, amazing year from the top six. So Souths actually had their best regular season ever. Yeah. And to put it into perspective, I guess, on, the, on the, the, the strength of the top teams, Wayne Bennett, who has coached some very strong teams over the years, you think back to um, Walters, Langer, Lockyer, uh, all those great talents. Uh, Wayne Bennett had his best regular season ever in, I think it's his 34th season of regular coaching. Um, so Souths won 20 games, which I think in any other year would win you a, a minor premiership, probably any other year except one. Um, the Storm and Panthers only lost three games, extraordinary. Um, and the top three between them only lost 10, which is which is just absurd. Um, your friend Alan Katzman came out with a tweet saying that in any other era, the, any other year, the Roosters would finish in the top four for sure yep. um, with a 16 and eight record. 
Um, and if I recall correctly, I think it was 2018. I'm pretty sure that 34, um, 34, first, second, third, and fourth all got 34 points in 2018. Yeah, such it was, was, there, such... was, there was a last game of the season. I think it was Storm versus Parramatta or something like that. And Storm arrested everyone, got belted, and the Roosters ended up sneaking away with the minor premiership uh, from memory. Uh, yeah, yeah, so everyone that, was on the same amount so of points. So that year, yeah, so that year, four teams finished on thirty-four, and then fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth all finished on thirty-two. Yeah. So such was the strength of the competition. Uh, this year, the, the top six finished between thirty, forty-four, and thirty-two. So um, big differences there, but just a, a, an amazing year for those six clubs. I think. Um, it, it says so much about about them all. Uh, they're just a, a really good point. Um, yeah. re- the thing I actually I, per- I personally really like, Mike, is that five of those six Sydney clubs, uh, and they're in the toughest market in the game. And it's been a, it's been a really horrific uh, eighteen months in Sydney in terms of crowds and everything. And it's just unfortunate that some of these clubs, Manly in particular, and Souths and the Panthers, who, who have all had such incredible high scoring point seasons as well just haven't been able to have the crowds there to watch that so um hopefully they get rewarded with membership numbers but something crazy and at the other end at least the bulldogs ended on a high uh and so did the broncos but the tigers and cowboys uh and potentially the dragons would probably be the early favorites to uh to come last next year just based on what we're seeing right now coming out of this season yeah agreed uh you mentioned high scoring points ruben garrick Finish a season with 304 points, I believe, which is the highest total ever. Uh, kicked 100 yeah. goals and had over 20 try uh, and had 20 tries, which is incredible. Um, and yeah, let's let, while we're while we're talking about these top teams, why don't we start our uh, preview of this first round of the finals? Yeah. So the great news uh, coming out of this first game is that Grant Atkins is the referee. Uh, which means he's not refereeing South Panthers again. So the Storm and the uh, Seagulls will meet on the Sunshine Coast. All the finals being taken to regional Queensland, which is awesome. Addo Carr remains on the sidelines in a big blow to Melbourne. Munster, Jennings, Remus Smith return to the back line. Nico to the bench. Jeremiah and Seve out of the 17. Bromwich, Welch, Kafusi, Bromwich, Bolster to the starting pack. Kamakamika, Big Nelson shift to the interchange. Uh, and all the others that played last week in that uh, depleted team uh, dropped back out of the side. For Manly, Alloy A returns a prop simply to the extended bench in Manly's only change. Michael. Mm. Cameron Munster is 50-50 as well uh, with an, a knee infection. Uh, so unsure if he plays. If he doesn't play, Manly are a really strong chance here. Uh, I'm leading Storm at the moment just because Munster's been named. But, uh, yeah, the, the the thing that's keeping me away from Manly is, you know, you, you mentioned how they've only played seven of the top five, uh, seven of the top six teams, and a lot of them were at the start of the season. They versed three of them at the, in the last 20 rounds of the competition. Uh, one of them was Storm, they lost. One of them was Pampers, they lost. And then they, they destroyed the, uh, the Eels uh, a couple of weeks ago. We just haven't seen them beat a really good team yet. Um, and a team that, you know, is able to neutralise Tom. And that's what they were able to do a little bit last last time they played. I think it was about 
two months ago. Uh, I don't know how you neutralize Tom at the moment because he just seems to be uh, have players fall off him. He broke nine tackles the other day on his way to a try, which was one of the greatest tries I've seen. Um, yeah, I'm leaning Melbourne. But if Munster is out, that might change my opinion. Yeah, like I, I think Manly are a real chance of winning this game. But everything you've mentioned makes me want to tip the Storm. The Storm are just so primed for this time of year. They've had the, they've had the loss. They've had the week off. Uh, Manly, they've been impressive and blown teams out of the water, but we have not seen it yet against the top-rate team. They did give the Storm a run a few weeks ago, but as you said, Melbourne neutralised well, and they would probably do the same again. Uh, and it is just so, I think, it is such an unknown as to how this actually plays out because we keep we keep thinking, well, Melbourne, the wheels have to come off. Melbourne is going to struggle without Cameron Smith. Melbourne, they just can't do it. And, and if you look at these teams, I mean, one's got two Trevojevic's, Foran, Cherry Evans, Tapao, um, Dylan Walker. I mean, these are players with big game experience. And they're high-profile names. But then you look at the other side and there is just so much talent and so much speed. Addo Carr is probably a loss for them. Um, but they're just always next man up sort of replacement. So I have to go Storm. Uh, I thought Harry Grant had an awesome game last week as well uh, and to set up Pappenhausen for that try. And it's going to be interesting. Uh, possession wins this one big time. And I just – I don't know. Yeah, there's – so – Pat, Pat was fantastic as well. I think he's finally found his form after coming back from that long stint off. Melbourne have this incredible ability of showing, thinking that you have room along the sideline and then just taking you out. And considering Manly have scored so many tries down their wings this year, I could really see Melbourne knowing that and showing Manly that they've got room and then just taking Saab and Garrick out constantly. It's what they do better than anyone else. They 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 show you they show you the sideline and they use it as a defender better than any other club in the league. Uh, and that's another reason why I just think Melbourne's going to get the edge here. Yeah. Okay. So the first game on Saturday in the doubleheader in Townsville, uh, Roosters hosting the Titans. Uh, so Hargraves and Radley, two big boosts to that forward pack. Uh, Liu and Egan Butcher to the bench. Fletcher Baker on the interchange, Marshke, Tapuha, uh, and White dropping out of the 17. For the Titans, Proctor returns in the second row, and McIntyre drops to the reserves. Fafita remains on the bench as he has for six of the seven tight of the past, Titans' past seven games. Uh, Gold Coast, Mike, with their biggest win ever last week. <sighs> I, think, I think the Roosters will be boosted by a fresh Hargraves and a fresh Radley. Um, the, the Titans, you know, will, will have the, the rush of, of the, the big win last week and all that. But I just think Roosters have so much big game experience. The Gold Coast haven't played finals for five years. Um, uh, just on paper, the Roosters, you, you'd think we get the job done. Just don't know if the fatigue of the end of the season uh, and everything they've been through is going to catch up with them. But I just don't think it is. Yeah. Uh, look, we were really good against Canberra the other night. I thought Adam Kieran was really good. We... Like him, he's he's really grown into that centre role. And one benefit he does give us is he's an incredible goal kicker. He's able to kick them even when they look like they miss. Um, Drew Hutchinson's also been fantastic. Teddy's been really good. I'm 
our team's looking like it. There's not as many gaps as there were as when you saw two weeks ago when a lot of our team was sitting on the sideline against Souths. Hargraves back, Radley back. Our backline's looking a lot better. Got a lot more experience in it. Uh, our forward pack is looking strong, and I I think we should get this done comfortably. I hope that we get this done comfortably. I don't. Last time we guys uh, we played the Titans, it was thirty five to thirty four. It was a really weird game. We were up by twenty. Then we got a player sent to the bin. They came back, and then they were in the lead. And then we got the lead back in the last second. I think Sam Walker kicked the game winning field goal. Uh, so yeah, really tight game last time, but that was during the crackdown period where players were getting sent off for brushing people's hair. Uh, so yeah, I'm tipping the roosters. Yeah, I'm tipping the roosters too. Um, okay, Saturday night, second and third, Jared Sutton, the ref for this one. So for Penrith, pretty much the same full squad at their disposal, with the exception of Sorensen, uh, who had that horrific injury in the um. Parramatta game last week with a dislocated ulna, and he's replaced by Spencer Lanou. Um, Kikau is named to start, but may revert to the bench on game day with Martin joining the run on side as they have done in recent weeks. Eisenhuth is listed amongst the reserves as he looked to work his way back from a rib injury. For Souths, um, the baby bunnies got it done last week, and Blake Tuff keeps the number one jersey um, after filling in for Latrell. Uh, Reynolds said on Monday he was in no doubt to play, so he returns with Johnson, Gagai, Walker, Cook, Burgess, Arrow and Murray, um, who will all be refreshed after the week off. Colin Matungi also returns from that two-week suspension he incurred um, to bolster the forward pack. Uh, and Benji Marshall and Host slide back to the bench after starting last week. Uh, Ilias is listed amongst the reserves. Yeah, really strong bench from Souths. A lot of experience on that bench. A lot of uh, big game experience as well. Uh, but I just think that Penrith will get this done. Um, I know that uh, you'll be happy that Grant Atkins is not the ref. I know that South fans don't complain about the penalty count, even though you just did. Uh, but Penrith were the better side last time these two teams faced off. And without Luttrell, uh, who was a big hole at the back, I just think that Penrith get this done. Uh, Nathan Cleary has been really good the last few weeks, really finding his straps after coming back from that shoulder injury. And, yeah, they're just – they're firing all, on all cylinders. Penrith, they've built up to the finals really well, and I think they're, they're in for a hot run right now. Yeah, look, I'm going to be human and – tip Penrith as well, because I just think that they're charging towards a premiership and Souths are struggling without Luttrell. However, Souths have not had the opportunity to rest players before finals before, and I think it, it could really help them. Uh, last week, we, we ran ragged into, into the finals, uh, and the year before, we were walking wounded. Um, I think all those star players um, having a, a week off will do them so much good um, and they will have the the game against Penrith, uh, their last loss, really on their mind. So um, it is a strong bench. Um, Colin Matangi's return is awesome. Um, and, you know, all this talk this week about the Panthers peppering tough with bombs and all the pressure is under. Well, Josh Mansour dropped it how many times? Uh, and he's played grand finals and played origin. So spare me that Blake Tuff can't handle it. He's probably going to handle it just as well as them. Hopefully better, because that would 
probably be really helpful. Um, but I think I think Penrith probably win this one. But um, I'd be interested to see how fresh South side go. Yep, agreed. Uh, last game of the round, Emmanuel, we have the Eels versus the Knights. Yeah, so Joey Lossick's out with a calf strain and Ray Stone is named to start at the hooker after playing lock last week. Gartho and Campbell Gillard have been named to play as Avni Kore, Brown, Papali'i, Blake, Moses, Brown and Junior Paulo after all of them were rested. After starting 21 of 23 games this year, Papa Lee has been named on the bench and Madison has completed suspension for a round 22 high shot um, and has been listed amongst the reserves. Hick Grabe copped a one-match ban for his tackle on Fisher-Harris uh, and will need the Eels to progress, to progress to week two if he's to play again this season. Smith and Cartwright revert to the bench. Uh, for the Knights, a boost for them with the Siafidi brothers joining forces in the front row. Um Braley, Heimel Hunt, and Frizzell and Barnett are back on deck after being rested last week. And Clemmer has been named on the bench despite suffering uh, a rib cartilage injury against the Broncos. And backup hooker Chris Randall has had surgery on a broken thumb and will miss the rest of the season. Uh, we've spoken about this. I don't think Newcastle should be there. Uh, even the Gold Coast, Mike, with their 10 and 14, have a four and against of minus three. So all this tells me is Newcastle had some massive losses and some really narrow victories. Um, Parramatta, I think, will be fresh after last week. They'll still be pumped after their win against the Storm the week before. Um, Newcastle need all their big game players, so Ponga and Pierce, Frizzell, Watson, uh, all need to be fired up and ready to go. Um, but I think Parramatta win this one. Yeah, I agree. I think Parramatta win as well. Interesting that Ryan Madison hasn't got a, st- a spot back into 17. Uh, that might change uh, heading into game day. Yeah, the Knights have limped into the into the top eight. The last few weeks, all their wins, and we were saying it, were just unconvincing. They just beat the Titans. They just beat the Broncos. And they versed the Broncos this week and absolutely get pummeled. I know they didn't have anything to play for. They'd locked up seventh. But you needed to get some confidence heading into the into the finals and they did the complete opposite. I just, this Newcastle team doesn't have it for me. Their attack is very one-dimensional. All they do is play up the middle and then rely on Caelan Ponga to set something up on the left. Doesn't work. Uh, So Parramatta for me, but I do, uh, Parramatta, I think, lost to Newcastle earlier in the season. So that's one, I think it's the only top team that Newcastle has beaten this year. Uh, but, yeah, Parramatta for me. Yeah. So uh, we think that all the higher-ranked teams will win. Yep. Uh, so Storm over Manly, Roosters over the Titans, Panthers over Souths, and the Eels over the Knights. Yeah. Uh, and based on that, we would assume that Storm and Penrith would have the week off if we're yep. deliberating what our discussions would be next week, that the Roosters will play Manly and that Souths will play Parramatta. Yep. So um, two great games right there. Uh, Mike, I think that's it. That is it. Uh, yeah, we're done. Uh, as always, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good at this. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, as always, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Emmanuel, we've only got nine more games of rugby league left this season. Get excited. Oh, that's nine that more so games. Sad. What are we going to do once league is over? What are we going to do on our weekends? Well, we have the fallout. 
Then we have the whole which club will be most successful. We'll have the stories about how the Roosters training down the house. We'll have how Souths will struggle this season. We'll have all these stories and more. And then, Mike, we're going to come out of an out of a lockdown season into a, a vaccinated summer. Now, that just sounds rife for some off-season drama. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Hazarding <laughs> a guess. Hazarding a guess. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, let's keep the players <laughs> off TikTok or all social media. Um, yeah, thank you again for listening. Uh, we will continue to bring you podcasts throughout the finals. Uh, as always, as I said, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. But one more thing, Emmanuel, how good is Rugby League? How good is Rugby League? Thanks, guys.